Stephen. Oh, Dave, look, I was reading a book and this is an unreasonable thing for me to say normally, but I got a book for Christmas and mm. it was the Marc DiStefano um, 2016 Federal Election Diary. Um, the, the, what a great time to be alive. Well, there's never been a better time and other great lies of the 2016 election. I could not put that book down. It was good. such a great read. I knocked it over before dinner on Boxing Day. <laughs> that is a very, very good effort. Very oh, it, good. it was. Um, it was honestly compelling. Like it had all of the good elements of you can't put the book down because if if nothing else, it was. I you know I need to find out about these characters in real life that we all saw stand up and do things on the television or say things and stuff. But to hear. You know, what happened in the press pack that followed them around or the stories that, in, in this case, that Mark and BuzzFeed were chasing around the election and, and those sorts of things. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. It's, a, it's on my list of things to read, but I, I have a, a fear that it'll just be triggering. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, the whole thing needs just a big page that says trigger warning. <laughs> Yes. Australian politics, 2016. Yeah. Spoiler warning: nothing good comes from this. Oh, yeah, and there, well, there's a great epilogue that's focused around that. That's for sure. The, the other benefit in me reading a book is that then, when I have these smart ass, um, usually ABC radio journo's uh, that don't talk to me very often, but are filling in for oh, yep, yep. someone else. What was the last book that you read? Well, now I can say this book. And I read yeah. it very quickly and accurately. Thank you. Fill in part-time summer yes. person. <laughs> Jerk. Jerk in your jerky castle. Uh, I got, I got a, a, a book to... Actually, I got a few books, but uh, the one I've started on, uh, and I, I admit I haven't got through it as quickly as you, uh, it was um, mm. Tim Dunlop's one about the future of work. So I'll be interested mm. to see. I, 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 I get the, uh, the feeling that... Um, He's a bit more optimistic than I am that we can fi find <laughs> solutions <laughs> to this Protestant work ethic bullshit <laughs> that uh, pervades almost all cultures um, and is going to be completely upended by uh, automation and stuff like that. Uh, but again, I, he's done a lot more research about this than I have. I, I just have feels. So I'll, I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be much better informed after reading that, I'm sure. But I, uh, between cooking and napping... Um, and playing the Xbox, I, I that that's been my Christmas, Boxing Day sort of thing. That, yeah, but obviously you survived. Everyone was happy in your household. Yeah, you know, it was a very um, it was a very musical Christmas. I think I mentioned last time we talked that there was a drum kit coming into a house and a new acoustic guitar coming into a house. Uh, so they have arrived, and uh, the acoustic from my son has gotten the I guess the right amount of attention. He's gone. That's great, and he's played it a bit every day. And put it back in his case and started playing Xbox. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he also got a headset uh, for his controller so that he can sit there with the volume down on the TV uh. and just blindly shoot things. Um, <laughs> but that hasn't stopped him narrating what he's doing. Oh. Or even worse is that we get the random, you go up there, you go up there, go around the back. They're hiding over there. He's, who are you? Oh, you're talking to other people online. Oh, 
Oh, don't we? We it, uh, it just seems to be a thing. Like, like my son does that too, but not. not the worst thing is though, that he's not doing it necessarily during multiplayer games. <laughs> he's sitting there playing single player games and mm-hmm. like giving commentary on the game that he's playing. Like he's one of these Muppets on YouTube. Yep. Uh, um, and it is just infuriating. <laughs> Twitch <laughs> has a lot to answer for. That's so all I'm going to say. So much. It's horrible. It's horrible. And and our daughter does it as well. Um, like she she d- does her own little. Uh, Minecraft videos, much in the the style of those you yes. find on online, um, not for public consumption, but just because she doesn't seem to be able to imagine any other way to play Minecraft other than narrating it. That's right. So now, if you take this block and you put it here, it looks like a block. There's lots of that in. Yeah, no, I totally get it, and in part I understand it. The worst thing is that that. Mr. Eleven has gotten better around his narration. He doesn't do it so much by himself. But the minute we start, I'm playing a game and he's watching, he's got to become like uh, the, the the James Brayshaw. Like an esports, an e-sports yeah. commentator or something. The James Brayshaw of, <laughs> oh, of no. esports commentating. Or when we're playing a multiplayer, straight away. And he, he's got to love, he, he loves a good bit of trash talk. But because he's 11, he hasn't quite worked out. Um <laughs> some of the really good put downs and also because we have a no swearing policy at home um it doesn't venture down the path of you know things that could get quite blue that would be very funny in and of themselves he did say to me in the car just as a quick aside the other day we were going somewhere and he went swearing sometimes makes things funnier doesn't it dad and i went (laughs) yeah sometimes it's um a pretty good punctuation mark on some things uh, but so he'll he'll love he'll love oh how's that oh but you can't and he, he'll Halo is the current fascination so we'll play each other and shoot each other and he'll take me out from out of nowhere and I'll be like what oh I didn't know where I was oh, I just popped up and gotcha so I've I I used to trash talk as well but now it's just become the silent assassin now I just won't <laughs> say a thing and I will just creep around until I find him and then I'll take him out and he goes oh what oh oh you were just there goes, yep. And just run off somewhere else. Just let it happen. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> it's just yeah. I think we talked about last last time. It's 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 so hard when the kids start getting better than you at stuff like this. Oh, like the yes. Uh, currently, I'm playing uh, a lot of XCOM, and mm-hmm. mercifully, uh, Rupert wasn't. He was you know interested in playing Battlefield, but he he's decided that it looks really interesting. So now he, he's giving me pointers whenever I'm playing. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> mate, no. No, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> just yeah, that's horrible. the one. You know, horrible. if you go up there, Dad, there's a better thing, and there's more weaponry, and, and there's ammo, and oh. you have a better shot with this. And if you go up there, they don't see you, or they can't seem to. Dude, shut up. <laughs> let me uh, let me work this out for myself, oh. or let it just happen for myself, or whatever, whatever. I at least I get to dominate in the musical uh, environment. So the drum kit has come in, and Miss Nine is very happy with that, uh, and it makes all of the good drummy noises and those sorts of things. So both her and her brother have had a bash and been doing things at different times. Uh, I realized that I had tucked away somewhere a cable that allows me to plug my iPhone into um, the brain of the of the drum kits, and it's got a mixing knob exactly for this. Hang on, hang so, on, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just, just step me back. Mm. What, what do you mean the drum kit has a brain? Well, it's an, it's an electronic drum kit. It's not an acoustic one that makes lots of noise for everyone to hear. Ah. Oh. You put on a pair... Of, see, I'm a smart parent. <laughs> that, that is clever. <laughs> I'm, I'm a caring neighbour. Because um, no one wants to hear anybody, least of all someone who's beginning drums. 
have to go through <laughs> hours of and just weird all of that stuff. So with the headphones on, it just makes it like a weird dull thud in the other room and you can shut the door and just not even know that they're there. Oh, that's um, very good. Oh, it's so good. But it, it plugging is, in... Yes? I was going to say, there's, there's a house just down the street from my parents and when we go up to visit them uh, in, in, in summer, of course, you know, it's hot, they're at the coast, so mm. it, all the windows are open everywhere, yep. so you get the breeze through and whatnot and yeah, there is a drum kit just down the road somewhere and... I, I, like, I don't know how old the person is who's playing it, but I do know that in the 10 years or so that we've been visiting this particular <laughs> house, they haven't improved very much. They have not improved yet. <laughs> they, just play, they just play for longer now. Oh, yeah. Just, just as and, bad. And that's the hook, right, is that, that there are lots of people that think they can play drums, and I fall into sort of the bridging part of that category. I, I think I can play drums, but I'm at least adequate enough in being able to get away with it. Um, these so, people well, just on, sit on. down and... <laughs> what, what, what you're saying is that there's a drumming Kruger effect for people who aren't good at drums but don't realise it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's any <laughs> instrument, right? Kids that pick up and learn one lick and go, yeah, I can play guitar, and all they do is sit there and play the Sweet Child of Mine riff. Um, or at least that's what happened back when I was a teenager. Um, doing, yeah, yeah, the doing only that. one I can play is Peter Gunn. Yep, well, there's that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the guitar equivalent of um, either Chopsticks or the beginning part to Fur Elise. Um, it's like, shut up, don't play that. Da, 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 da. Shut up! <laughs> oh, it just makes me angry. Um, anyway, I can plug in um, my iPhone and dial up a tune and mix the drum sound with um, the recording sound uh, so I can sit there and smash along and be, um, you know, uh, the, drummer, uh, the drummer from Queen or I can be... Um, Steve Presswich from Cold Chisel, or I can like just bash along with them. It's so fun, so fun. That's pretty clever. Oh, it's the best. So today uh, I sat down and I was uh, playing along with George Michael and Queen at the Freddie Mercury um, tribute concert, smashing out uh, "Find Me Somebody to Love," and I pulled up someone else to pull up, um, uh, Bo River, Cold Chisel, and uh, I think I pulled out a Noiseworks song, "Take Me Back." It's just just flipping through my, my you know, music in my iPhone and going, oh, yeah, let's play that. Yeah, let's play that. And because it sounds like the drums sound really, really good, even if you're a bit out of time, it's it, I'm not going to say it's <laughs> forgiving, but even if you're a bit out of time, you go, oh, yeah, I'll put a fill in here. Ha, suck that. I'm better than you are. Um, and it's just, it just, it's got, because you can dial up about a million different drum kits and make it sound this and blah, blah, blah. It's so fun. So distracting. <laughs> Did you ever play much of uh, like rock band or um, Guitar Hero or anything like that on the Xbox, or, or was that a little bit beneath you, seeing as you actually have the skills to do some of those things in in real life? I look, can I say I was a bit of a snob about it? Like, <laughs> and then I looked were. at it, and I went, "That's not playing guitar, you people. That's not real." Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And then I had a go of it, and I went, <laughs> "Nah, I was because you're always hopeless at the first time you play, you know, like Guitar Hero or whatever." And so I played it, and I was hopeless. And another friend of mine absolutely nailed it. Just went, yeah, get a real hobby. Just kind of left it at that. And so, part of me goes, oh, you know, because it's going through a bit of a resurgence now. And I just went, no, oh, I'm not that interested when I've got actual real guitars that do real noises, not just press buttons that flash on lights and things. But there is an immense satisfaction that comes out of doing it and seeing the little strings light up and go berserk when you're doing that or you're wiggling the little clicker thing on the guitar. It is very um, cool. Yeah, we've we've still got two 
two two drum kits, one rock band drum kit and one Guitar Hero drum kit, like taking up room in my shed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> along with you know multiple plastic guitars and all this sort of mm. stuff, and, and and it's the sort of stuff that really it doesn't get played often enough to be worth hanging on mm. to, but uh, but you know it's it's really nice sometimes to just you know turn the speakers up and, you know, not worry about the neighbours and just, you know, crank out some bit, My Name is Jonas or something like that. Bit of Thunderstruck. Yeah, all that. But, yeah, it doesn't happen often enough. My, uh, we, we, We've got, in the back corner um, of, of our house block, we've got, uh, like, a colour bond single car garage. Mm. Uh, and, and we've never actually used it as a, as a garage because there's no, well... You would have had to like take up part of the backyard to be able to get the car all the way through. <laughs> yeah. um, so we we we've never done that. And when uh, my daughter was born, her bedroom, which had been my home office, uh, was obviously no longer available to me. So we sort of lined the the tin shed, um, and it became my alleged standing office. But <laughs> over the over the years. What it really has turned into is just a dumping ground for every item that we just don't want to have in the house anymore, but we just can't uh, bring ourselves to get rid of. Like, we're the sort of people where if we had, uh, like, a house, like a modern house that, that had not too much storage and not too much garage space, we would be the people who would be driving to the... Um, the, those storage compartments every bloody weekend, <laughs> like taking stuff out, bringing stuff back. Like there's camping gear, there's old yep. couches. It's just ah, oh, it's horrendous. And the only saving grace is that uh, Rach rarely ever comes out here. Um, but every mm. time she does, um, it, it becomes a point of contention of why is this place such a mess? And it's like. <laughs> Well, it's not all my stuff. It's like, it's not just me. It's just That's where you start, well, what do you want to get rid of? <laughs> oh, this is nothing. We, we we did a really, really big clean out at our place uh, after we got back from our uh, caravanning holiday uh, earlier in the year. And like, we did, we got rid of a lot of stuff, so much stuff. Yeah. And, and all that really um, revealed was how much other stuff was being hidden by <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> Yes, that's that. I reckon is the the true definition of a good shed that you're able to put stuff in front that then masks the other stuff behind it. You that you then forget about it for so long that it's only oh, I know we've got a thing somewhere, or let's just get in, or we'll just get through half the shed today. And you take the front stuff off that you can always see. You know why do we still have this? I thought we got rid of this eight years ago. Oh, and and so much of it is just. Just rubbish. Like, like, and and in addition to this, we then also have a garden shed, which is where all you know, the mower and there are some tools and oh, all, of course, all yes. that sort of bits and pieces as well. Well, that's got a bunch of boxes in it from like when uh, my little sister moved at, from Albury to Canberra. She'd just finished renovating her unit, so she had boxes full of bits and pieces and half-empty oh, bottles of stuff, and you know, paint rollers that were hadn't been cleaned properly, and all. That. And it was all in these boxes that got transferred to my back shed, <laughs> and they've been there now for two years. They could have just gone straight to the dip. Oh, so should have. <laughs> and I just and, and going. Going to the tips, to, like it's a hassle because you've got to have your little tip token, and you've got to, you know, take the disapproving looks of the lady who's going. Are you <laughs> sure that that's all household waste? And it's like yes. Oh, dude! So I got to take <laughs> I got to take Miss Nine to the tip on Christmas Eve because we set the drum kit up 
Christmas Eve morning, we started setting it up just in case it was going to take forever. And it actually only took us about an hour. Uh, but because of that, there was a metric ton of cardboard. Everything was wrapped in plastic and then in a cardboard sheath and nicely packed into the thing so that it could travel around the world, I presume, uh, from where it was manufactured. Anyway, so we piled all this stuff in the car and we live reasonably close to a transfer station. Uh, which is city talk for where we dump the rubbish <laughs> that allows them to take it somewhere else. Uh, but they've just now they've even renamed it from that. I always knew it as a transfer station. Now it's a um, recycling transmutation. I don't know. It's something that depending on what's in the back of your car or trail or whatever, they will direct you to a specific area. And if it's to the recycling center. Um, you don't even need a token or a tag. You just go over there. You go to the correct area. They say, right, is it this? Yep. Have you got that? Take, yep. It's just cardboard. Great. Put it there. Put your plasma screens over there. Put your something else here. Put your blah, blah, blahs. Drive away again. Pull up. They, they'll weigh your car again. They go, great. Yeah, it must have just been cardboard. Here's a token. Bugger off. Done. It was a great experience. That is pretty cool. They've, 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 they've built a, a new shiny big building out at the tip down here that, uh, that has that same sort of thing but we we haven't gone through there yet we, we've uh we, we we did our last big tip run just before it opened so we could we, we saw it's there it's on the horizon but mm. that, that that type of excitement is still in our future it it seems a long way away from where i grew up in infrared we were um on the road that sort of went out to the tip and it really was just mm. a tip like it, how far have we come back then they were still taking like tires and shredding them and just <laughs> chucking them you know no, like no you know it's oh. uh, it? I mean, at least they weren't burning them but it wasn't that much better <laughs> no it's a half a step beyond that right like i i remember i think at dolby they had the tire fire just permanently running in the corner at the tip you just pulled up chucked another tire on and you went over and did something else and left and you could see it glow in the you know if you look the right way at the right time of night um can i say that i i fondly remember going to the tip particularly yes. with my my dad where you would have all the, the stuff loaded up usually in the trailer because the car was too good you didn't put crap in the car and you went out to the trailer and and he deftly backed up that bizarre weird moment of backing with the trailer on that's just that's witchcraft making that work properly um and then you would open it up and if you were smart you brought some kind of rake or something to just go whoosh, and you'd rip it all out quick but it was just that it was like here's a big hole we're putting all of the things that we now no, no longer want into the big hole and that big bulldozer over there is just going to push more crap on top of that crap and we're done environmentalism 101 <laughs> feel good about well, yourselves it's good for the environment because it take you know otherwise that stuff would all blow away if you didn't get the bulldozer to bury it <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and you had to stop the vermin from getting in there. And if you were like within, I don't know, seven hundred kilometres of the coast, seagulls seemed to move in. Um, so you had to make sure that all of the, particularly, they would come after the food scraps, particularly. And then you also had to keep an eye out for the, the the tip rats, as in the humans that would go through and pick out, and they'd go looking. Oh, inevitably, yeah. they just dumped a whole you know trailer load of stuff, and then they'd just go looking at everything else that had just been dumped nearby to see if there was anything else they could pick up and bring home. Stuff. But, but I do wonder how how long it's going to be before uh, we see the, the modern tip rats going back to the old dump sites and, and trying to dig them up and see if there's anything useful in there. Like we, we've also already kind of got a thing like that down here where they're capturing uh, 
methane from the landfill yes a, a, and you know burning that uh, to run power generators uh, so I wonder you know, what other wonders are still down there that, that someone's going to decide you know what we should go and have a look at that how would that be for a, a, a archaeologist style job no no we're not looking up uh, you know, previous civilizations and finding interesting things I'm just I'm almost a latter day geologist looking for things that we can take from the tip Oh, oh, this tip's good. Mate, Look at all the copper in that one. I reckon that what's going to happen one day in the in the very near future is that the police will be called to a home and they will be investigating, you know, sadly, some kind of incident, usually some kind of homicide or murder or something that has involved a body being found. And then they go because they, they, once they do that, they have to check their house top to bottom and they'll go out in the backyard and they'll do it. You know, they'll see that something's dug a hole. It might have been the dog. And in doing so, they'll just start unearthing stuff. And they, they'll find all sorts of other weird bones and things. Because there's so many housing estates that are built on old tips now that have got, you know, what, two or three metres of topsoil just plonked on the top. And everything has just been yeah, bulldozed and bulldozed and bulldozed. That, that they'll start to think they've found some kind of serial killer. <laughs> and it turns out, no, no, this, just, this used to be where the tip was. Oh, it's... It's a frighteningly real thought. Hey, did you mean? Did you, uh, when you were growing up, still have like backyard incinerators around the place? Um, we would have a, a regular funeral pyre for no real reason. <laughs> just, just burn crap. Uh, well, what? What? We didn't have one. Uh, we were in sort of uh, a, a newer estate when I was a kid. Like we we're talking late seventies. But one of my friends lived uh, on the other side of town. Uh, in a place that was you know, probably 20 years older than that. And they did. They had like a concrete uh, incinerator in their backyard. And I just thought this was the most amazing thing because they would. They would regularly have stuff like th- just fill it up and just burn it down. And you would see this black, horrible smoke emitting from the chimney at the back of this little thing. And and <laughs> I was, you know, as a kid, I was a bit, why, why don't we get to have one of those? Like, this seems like... A- <laughs> This sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, sure, like we've got a pool, but they've got an incinerator. I know how cool is that. Look, I, because I grew up as the the son of two country kids that both had lived on farms. Um, we regularly went out to visit my dad's parents on their farm, uh, and there was inevitably stuff that had to get burnt. So yeah, you know, we'd be there for the weekend, and Dad would be helping his mum, and there was a pile of stuff that maybe needed to be burnt or something else. Or so that kind of thing would happen. Uh, that's what I mean by we just have random burnings. Um, but then we also, we lived in Dolby, which is in Western Queensland, about an hour and a bit's drive west of Toowoomba. And one of the houses that we lived in for a while was, I'm not going to say it backed onto the hospital, but it was down the street by four houses. And then you turned left and then there was three houses and you were on hospital property. (laughs) Like we were close. Um, and I remember semi-regularly, there would be some pretty serious something burnt that sort of wafted over from the oh, hospital and my, yeah. my parents never sort of let on what it was. Just when is they burning something at the hospital? And mum and dad just kind of give each other a look and, yeah, I think maybe this got some rubbish. Um, and it wasn't until much later they realised, oh, maybe that was just, like, a body. <laughs> uh, you know, they didn't do that at the hospital, surely. Well, they, I know that there was, um, there was no, uh, no crematorium, crematorium in town. So I'd suggest it was probably attached to it uh, because it's it's how do you get rid of medical waste in a country town? You're not going to pay to ship it to Toowoomba or somewhere else. Oh, no, I guess so. But 
But it, it, they don't, I don't think they count bodies as medical waste, do they? Well, oh, and, if and, somebody and lost a gangrenous limb... Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, well, I guess they'd go. Yeah, that, that, that'd go. You'd, oh. co- you'd collect some parts in your time, let's let's be fair. <laughs> and you don't want to keep them around. It's not like you have a big freezer and just go, oh, we should have a burn-off tomorrow, the fridge is full. <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about it. That's just... Oh, that's... You know... You know what? You, you take, you've taken all the joy away from incinerators. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I was driving out to the, the tip with Miss Nyan, I had to explain to her um, that back when Dad was a kid, we went to the tip and she, what's a tip? What's, you know, why is this strange? Well, like, is this where the rubbish ends? I said, no, no. Uh, because we only went to the recycling part to drop off the, the boxes, I pulled up at the end of the transfer station where... You know, it's like this big pit in the middle of a shed where cars pull up on either side and pour their rubbish into it. And then there's a bulldozer just perpetually pushing it down into trucks that then drive off and take it to an actual tip. That is flash. Oh, it's very city. Um, and I had to explain it. So this is what happens. And then they take it out and they do all this. And, and, and I said, but we're, we've gotten much better now because we, we understand what recycling is and those sorts of things because we try and minimize our use of plastic and a lot of plastic has become recyclable and those sorts of things. Because we have to bury it, and you know, obviously, you know that food and, and and plant matter and that sort of stuff breaks down pretty quick. But other stuff doesn't necessarily. I said, I reckon there's areas of, um, you know, cities and stuff that if they dug deep enough, they'd find these big swathes of bits of plastic that just haven't done anything a hundred years on, um, and, and because that's just how it is, you know, that ha- it hasn't broken down, and that's why we're trying. And she went, oh yeah, I guess so. No, no respect. No respect for history. That's, just that's doesn't understand. That's exactly it. I, I just oh. want to jump back to this whole storage shed idea. Now, I yeah. am someone who likes to think that they enjoy a bit of wine, and I'm very pro-wine. Uh, I I look at the ads for these storage sheds that admittedly don't seem to pop up on TV too much anymore, but they certainly used to. And they would show people, you know, putting their... Um, you know, just boxes in, or obviously they were moving house and said, if you need to store your things and blah, blah, blah. And there would always be some gray haired dude just, you know, with the door open and he'd be looking at his racks of wine and pulling a bottle out and looking at it lovingly and then putting it back. Who's going to keep wine in one of these dicky storage sheds? I mean, really? <laughs> they're, they're not exactly climate controlled, are they? No, <laughs> but this imagine, is the point. <laughs> imagine how quickly you could turn. Uh, thousands of dollars worth of wine into vinegar by putting it in a tin shed. In Queensland, no less. Like, I I buy Walter White having a pallet of money of just notes bundled up (laughs) in a storage shed more than I buy some old person keeping their wine collection at your local storage arse. Yeah, I'm with you there. Or or have you you ever seen the the movie Primer? It's it's an old... Not old, that old. It's it's like a... um, Homemade indie time travel movie? No, but I'm now very interested in it. Oh, it's it it's a bit of a a mess. It, it, it will just completely turn your head inside out. Like so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's absolutely awesome. But part part of that is um, you know, they they set up their time travel machine in a storage shed. And again, even that <laughs> I think is more realistic <laughs> than someone storing. A great quantity of expensive wine in one of these bloody storage sheds. Sorry, you just sort of walking past, you know, because nobody talks to anybody in these storage sheds. Like, I've had to go there. We had a, a unit for work 
where we just sort of stored some stuff for a while. And I remember going there. If you ever saw anybody else in the corridor as you were walking, you just got to, you, you looked away. You didn't even get eye contact <laughs> because it was like this dirt. What dirty secret have you got tucked away in your storage shed? For us, it was just like boxes of um, cables and old wireless access points and those sorts of things. But I'm sure other people, like you would you know, see someone carrying a sack that suspiciously looked like it could have been a body or anything. Like, just weird stuff. You seem to be obsessed with homicides. <laughs> have you got something you need to share? Have a look at what Christmas time does to me. <laughs> well, see, but I, I would have thought that, you know, with the, the amount of... Uh, of television that you watch that you'd be right across the whole genre of storage shed related reality television look there is a it is chewing gum for the eyes sometimes where i can just Uh. flip on a uh, a storage shed sales place or a house flipping channel and just just let it happen there are channels of this stuff well just about i mean if you take into account nine life which is one of in the the Channel Nine suite of channels. Uh, it during the day, and certainly at least one night a week, possibly two, is all about um, flip and lip or vintage flippers or you know, and it's all about these people in America buying houses cheap, maybe maybe doing something to them, not even a promise of that, and then prettying it up and then flogging it off to some other sap who can't afford the loan. Uh, it's. It's a crazy mix, what so that's genre? weird. Oh, yeah. So oh. that's a crazy mix. And then you mix that in with, like, your million-dollar listings. So this is going from, you know, people buy a shack and they think, oh, this shack is worth 10 bucks. I'll sell it for 20 um, Then you go to people that are in Florida or L.A. who only deal in properties that are, like, $20 million or more. Uh, or New York. These incredible... Like, they are incredible houses, Dave. I get such house envy. And, you know, the, the, the drama around it is all about the personalities of the real estate agents who are just appalling people. <laughs> they are the worst people ever. Like, they would sell you a bag with a body in it if they thought that that was going to make them an extra buck. Oh, dear. I, I, can't, like, I can't come at a lot of that sort of TV. And not, not because I have... Uh, wonderful rarefied tastes <laughs> like I, I, I watch a, a lot of garbage but just the, those style of um, of reality shows I just can't get over like give me a, a, a survivor mm. uh, heck even Australian survivor I was pleasantly surprised with uh, amazing race something like that like, yep. I know that there's a lot of confected nonsense on those as well but it is nothing compared to, hi, we've just showed up in your backyard and we want to look uh, through your shed and maybe buy stuff and we've never met you before. Oh, no. yeah, that's right. Yeah, pickers. The pickers oh, people, baggage battles, which is a move on the, the whole storage shed thing. So these are people that go to airport auctions that buy bags that have been lost, uh, lost by people, found by the airport, but never claimed or never claimed when people get off planes. Yeah, I can't do it. And they just sell them for, like, you can't open them. It's just, what do you reckon this is worth? And some people open up these bags and they've paid two bucks for them and they get, you know, incredible electronics or blah, blah, blah. Or they open them up and it's just clothes of obese people. Um, Or there's sex toys, all sorts of crazy, disgusting things. Um, But, you know, it's weird, right? Because in the reality spectrum... Uh, there is just a really broad range of programming, and not everybody likes everything. For example, I am absolutely not interested in your Kardashians, American Housewives, all of that sort of stuff. I will watch the crap out of an Australian or New Zealand Housewives, but the American ones, 
vacuous and horrible and don't even come close by comparison. Um, but I'm not interested in that Vanderpump rules, nothing as far as I'm concerned. But when we start to get into, yeah, Love Survivor, the granddaddy of the genre, I will watch uh, some Australian Bachelor, just because I love hearing people, like particularly Australian blokes <laughs> on The Bachelor, just go, oh yeah, <laughs> no, nah, you you have a go, mate, it's alright, oh yeah, you do it, it's okay, no, I'm not going to cut your lunch or nothing, you have a go, or when they get competitive, it's like, oh, I've got to get in, I've got to spend some time with her, I'll just have to go and introduce myself and get in the way and stuff. And how the other guys go, oh, nah, hang on mate, that's too far, you can't do that. Like these weird moral arguments that happen by Aussie blokes who honestly would bunt anything that bent over at the pub on Friday night just all of a sudden trying to become these great moral men about oh no, I love women and I'm very I love the chicks and they're great and that it's crazy the only good thing that I, I've seen on my it dips into the Australian bachelor genre is um Osho trying to you know keep the whole place civil and uh, admittedly it, it I think it's a pretty tough gig, so he does pretty well. Now, we have to talk about Osher Ginsburg, if this is all right, Dave. I was talking with, with uh, a friend of mine about this the other day. I am amazed yeah. at, at how this guy operates. So not only is he a guy that started out in media as a... as a, a well, In Queensland, for B105, as a Black Thunder driver. So the guy that drove... You know, the radio car around pulled up and gave you yep. your icy cold can of Coke. <laughs> Hand out the soft drinks. That's and right, and sti- bugger off. And the stickers. And the stickers. Oh, and the stickers, the absolutely. And whatever. And it's just down at the thing, and we're just going to do something for you. We'll be right back at you after this. Um, so Spidey was his radio name. Oh, what? I know. How good is that? Oh. So he was Spidey that became Andrew so- G. <laughs> that we all know and love from your Channel V slash uh, Australian Idol, yep. that then had you know, a whole bunch of stuff going in his life that he felt uh, compelled as a part of something he'd been told to change his name to Osher. Now, that's, that's beautiful, and he's got a hell of a story in the process. The thing that amazes me is some people hold down two or three jobs just to make life function for them, and that's sad, or that's the life choice they make, or however that works, that works. Um, Osha is the kind of guy who's doing exactly that, except that each one of his multiple jobs that he holds down has a price tag attached to it of just gajillions of dollars. So it's the weirdest kind of high school, I'm just bouncing around jobs, because he's doing breakfast in Brisbane, on Brisbane Radio. He's doing The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, for which, honestly, he has to be there all day, and I understand it. But honestly, he's on screen for about 10 minutes. (laughs) An episode, and they go for 90. <laughs> like, what a job to turn up immaculately dressed. Someone's done your hair, your makeup, all those sorts of things. You've basically had a look at the cue card out the back. The director has called action. You've walked in and was going, Osha! Woo! And then you've gone, hey, everyone, we're going to do a thing today. And, oh, I've got a letter. Have a good one. That's it. <laughs> the next thing we do is we see him later that night where he has a hushed tone voice. He has to go, Tonight. We have 10 roses and 700 people. (laughs) Some people are going to go home sad. Good luck. And he steps back and just has to have that really... And he's so wonderfully... He's so compassionate though, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's so passionate about it. Like, he actually digs the whole thing and loves it and and is right behind what they're trying to do and sees it as a real attempt for people in this crazy 2016-2017 world to find love. So much so that now he's become the voice of love on the radio 
uh, where Sunday night <laughs> you can it's it's basically Osher's love request line. He hosts oh, a wow. two hour radio show where people can tweet, email, whatever, jump on the website, something, even call in, I guess. I'd say, I'd like to dedicate um, this song to a very special lady. Um, she's in uh, Cell Block H, and I just want to tell her that I love her. Hey. And, hey, that's really beautiful. Now for this song of love. And play, song plays. Done. See, see, here's the thing. I really don't have a proper grasp of the whole FM radio thing. I yes. I really, really don't. Because gr- growing up in, in the country, uh, we had one... AM sta- one AM commercial station that we could get, which was yep. uh, Inverell's own Two NZ. <laughs> nice, and uh, and of course the uh, the ABC uh, sort of on relay out of Tamworth, and that mm. was it. So although the a- you know, the AM station like they did like a, a bit of a request show on Saturday nights and bits and pieces like that, it it was an AM radio in mm. the eighties, like it was fairly staid to say the least. Uh, it, and I would only get like glimpses into FM radio, uh, you know, when we we would head down to Sydney or Brisbane or stuff like that, and, yep. and it was amazing because it was playing music that, that I'd never oh, heard before, yeah. and because I was so used to like the AM presenters at Two NZ, the 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 FM radio announcers actually sounded like interesting and fresh <laughs> because because I only heard them for like two days a year. <laughs> but also, this was at a time when AM presenters talk like this, where it was that sort of faux. Uh, yes, and thank you very much. Welcome. We're going to hear the latest news from our newsroom hit Two NZ Inverell. Well, and it sounded horrible too, because like AM just sounded oh, rubbish. Tinny. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it was all mono for starters, and and there was nothing good about it. So FM just sounded like magic. No, oh, welcome back. Right. How good is this? It's a marvel. It's really good. You're gonna love it. This next track coming up, super, super big. Make sure you get out there and check out the latest thing from someone. We're gonna hear a song right now. And stereo separation. But see, I went from oh, two stereo NZ. ten. Yes, I went, went, went from. Uh, Briefly, we got uh, an FM station we could pick up from Moree, just oh, just gosh. as I was finishing up uh, high school. And again, it it still wasn't the full on uh, commercial radio format that it's, you guys would have you know, grown up with, um, closer to metro areas. And then by the time I got to uni, um, that was just at the time that Triple J was going on their sort of nationwide yes, spread. Yes. Uh, and so we got we got Triple J out in Armadale. Um, between that and um, two UNE, the the uni oh, station, yeah, wow. Uh, uh, I, I I just never really got it, and and so now every time I I do find myself in a metro area or somehow coming across like you know commercial radio style stuff, I just I'm a, I'm astonished every time I hear it. Just going, <laughs> how how does this like why do why would anyone like listen to this? Like, uh, unless they're standing in a shopping centre and have no choice. Like, <laughs> who who are these hundreds of thousands of people who listen to to Kyle and Jackie O? And look, mm. look e- even Hamish and Andy, who I find amusing. There comes a point where you go, okay, fellas, that that's enough. Like, yeah, we've heard this. It, it, it's. And and there's an industry built around this, Steve. An entire industry of people paying and taking and making money. And it it just astonishes me. It's (laughs) it's not even an entire industry, Dave. It is the lifeblood of many people who think that radio is the solution to everything. 
And it's really interesting to pick up on a couple of things you said, thinking about the 2UNE, the, the university radio station, where there would have been lots of blank pauses and people, um, I'm just going to put on, here's the latest song from the Pogues. And, um, what? What? Oh, yeah, I'll press play first, sorry. And, like, there'd, there'd be that kind of weirdness that go on. But it you was. also now live in, you live in an area where your, like, regional FM radio has always been a weird thing because it picked up, Almost regional AM almost got done away when regional FM came in uh, because of the mix of music and those sorts of things. There were so few people that really wanted to listen to regional FM. They started doing massive broadcasts and rebroadcasts of Sydney things so you can yes. get John Laws just about everywhere, even now on yeah. the Corrales network because they just have these massive free, you know, tr- transmitters that broadcast every freaking where. And it's cheap to just get John Laws to talk to some guy in Cucamonga as much as it is to the two people in Sydney that listen to him. Um, but the FM uh, regional networks, all of them have just rebranded. So now you get to hear all of the stings for Triple M and those sorts of things that we've been listening to for years in the city. Now you, you've you got well, Triple well, M in Albury. Well, I don't because I, I have podcasts. <laughs> well, in the, if you switch it on in the car or whatever. But, you know, there's people that I talk to on yeah. radio in your area that they've just gone from... What was it, the river to now it's Triple M Albury Wodonga. Oh, oh yeah. What, is it really? Oh, yeah. And they've rebranded, say, they've see, got... Should, oh. it's, it's amazing. I should know that because I actually know the, the, one of the presenters that you talk to. So it's so that. good and it's amazing because oh. some of them have just really cynically taken on, yeah, yeah, we're Triple M now, whatever. We don't really care. It's not really a thing, but we're going to say all the right words. And some of them are like, man, all my life I've wanted to say something to say, you now we'll be back on Triple M. And they get to say it in Rockhampton or, you know, <laughs> Upper Mongoose or wherever they are. Like, it's what Southern Cross Austeria have done with, with radio in this rebranding now. It's either a hit station or it's a Triple M station. It's crazy. That's it's crazy. So much it, business, so much money. Was it... And it, it, it's, I guess, the thing that as media consumers, we, we don't think about often. Because, like, like the, the biggest... I think shift in like in broadcasting recently hasn't been in radio, but it's been in you know, in regional areas in TV with yeah. uh, Win and Southern Cross switching their uh, aggregation partners. So all of a sudden, the stuff that used to be on Win is now over on mm. on Southern Cross, and the Southern Cross stuff is now over on Win, causing let me tell you, not a little shortage of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can I. I'm hearing the pain, right? I, I I take calls on radio from people going, "Where's this show gone?" <laughs> um, and and you know, it's been six months now, and you have to explain. Well, it's remember, this has happened. It is the worst example of that couple in town, or those two couples, where um, she cheated on her husband with his best mate. They broke up. She hooked up with his best mate and are now married. And for whatever reason, her ex-husband and his ex-wife got together and nobody understands why, but they've just all got on with their lives as two couples now who basically swap partners. I had a teacher like that. That was always the weird... Because it happened just about every country town everywhere. Something like that where they broke up because she was cheating on him or he was cheating on her and they basically just partner swapped and got on with life. How does yep. that work? I, I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, although the, uh, uh, the the one that we knew of, um, as I said, was one of my high school teachers. Uh, and her 
ex-husband and her newer husband played on the same hockey team together. Oh God! <laughs> and one one game in particular, like like we we didn't have artificial turf or anything like that. We were, we, we had mm. IQ fields. Nice. And, and it like Inverell is out on like black soil plains. So oh, yep. so so black soil when it is. Wet, it is this gluggy mess that it's almost inescapable. And when it's dry, it just cracks open, like so big you could lose your foot in it. Well, that's what our hockey fields were like. <laughs> so big clumps of kaiku, yeah, these cracks everywhere. And so it, it was not unusual for balls that were hit, you know, f- along the ground, normally, they would hit one of these t- uh, tufts or a crack. Just or something, out of they, nowhere. And they, would just, and they would just fly up. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the, the thing that st- sticks in my mind was uh, my... My teacher's new husband was taking a free hit, and oh gosh! And the ex-husband, metaphorically, and yes, <laughs> was was uh, was standing um, uh, downfield a bit from him, and he oh. hit the ball towards him to to pass it to him, um, and the ball hit one of these tufts and just <laughs> lifted. Oh no! And the other guy jumped. Now, had he not jumped, it probably would have got him in the bread basket and been a bit Ooh. painful. But he jumped, Steve. He jumped. <laughs> and let me tell you, there's only two pe- play- players on the hockey field who are wearing protectors, and they're the goalkeepers. Mm, this yep. guy, he was not a goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, th- that was it. The game had to finish. Like, like he, he was in so much pain, we just co- we couldn't move him. We, like, we had to call the ammo. And it, oh. it just seemed to sort of put a cherry on top the whole story. Was going around. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Like, right. <laughs> Uh, did you have to take it from, you know, oh, no, it's, oh. country towns are weird. Can you imagine the phone call later that night? What did you do to Bruce? <laughs> oh, nothing, I just hit the ball and he just hit the grass and back. Rubbish! You've had him for him ever since we broke up. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, um, yeah, country towns are, it's strange. And, see, the, the other thing with, um, with, with AM radio is every now and again they would, they would try to steal something from from FM like much like much like the way Channel Seven <laughs> yes. tried to steal like the Letterman format for Steve Visard. Yes, and and the first time you you sort of see it where you know, where it's been pinched from, you go, hang on, <laughs> how on earth did they come? Up? And then you, you sort of like t- tick it over and you go, oh no, hang on. Oh, no. See, I remember I was in probably year eight, and one of my geography teacher had gone to Hawaii. Uh, and came back, and he was telling us all about seeing Letterman on the TV. And again, he, he was just astonished, at just going, "There's this guy in the states who ripped off Steve Weiss, and he did the whole thing with the the, the arm and talking to the band leader and everything." And then he sort of went, you know, he was talking about this with someone at the hotel, and they're like, "No, Letterman's been on the air for like a decade and doing that same stuff the whole time." And he's just like, "Oh, right." Do you do you want a lovely little bit of icing on top of that? Elle McPherson in the early part of her career as a supermodel. So burgeoning, you know, sort of some of her first trips overseas. Of course, back when Steve Vizard was a television thing, like on TV as a Tonight Show host, you only had to get on a plane and fly to America and you could come back and score a 10-minute spot on Vizard (laughs) just because you'd been to America. So because she'd been a couple of times, Elle McPherson, our own supermodel, we'll get her to come out. Not a word of a lie... She walks out on stage and sits down and she says to him, I don't know if you know this, but there's a guy in the US who's doing exactly this like he's copied you. Oh, no, really? She says it to air. <laughs> and it's not, there's no, there's no wry smile like, oh, ha, ha, I get the joke. She is dead 
serious. And Visard just rubs over it. Well, I guess we'll have to get the lawyers onto it. How are you, L? Um, like, oh, just brilliant. delightful. Uh, the, the complete lack of awareness of what was actually going on. Um, but thankfully, because we now live in a completely post-truth interconnected, uh, uh, unmoderated but only slightly filtered by the Australian government world, um, we get access to see everything and know everything that's going on. We, it, no longer can there be these shills and um, fallow shells of copies. You know, we'll, we'll, They'll get seen through quicker than you can say Kingswood Country. Yeah, see, here's the thing that, that astonishes me. Like, uh, when you were in Dolby, and I don't know, maybe when you later when you're on the coast, we, we were still under the old the old aggregation model, or sorry, pre-aggregation model, where you had one local TV station, yep. and they they picked up a little bit of stuff from all the different networks. So up our way, it was uh, Network Nine and Eight that had a really racially insensitive logo. <laughs> uh, no, no, seriously, they 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 in between the nine and the eight there was, like, a silhouette uh, of an Aboriginal man making smoke signals. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, thankfully, thankfully that was one of the things that disappeared when aggregation came along. We're including the Indigenous people, Dave. Oh, it it was... mm, Smoke signals, Steve. (laughs) Oh. Anyway. Don't you live out by Poison Creek? No, uh, but... um, yeah, poison waterhole is not too far away. That's uh, up closer to Narandra. Wonder why uh, they call it that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fitting. Anyway, we had ten four five A. Okay. Oh, so you had, you had a bunch of them. Well, no, no, we had just one network. Oh, <laughs> one, one channel out of Toowoomba that broadcast on three different it. channels. <laughs> ten, four, and five A. That's great. Okay. You know what? So, so nine and eight. Um, we we had uh, you know, it, like, the whole point of it was. They were supposed to be able to pick bits and pieces from all the networks. Yes. And so y- people in the country got all the best stuff. So you, you would get the cricket and you would get the tennis and you would get the footy and it would you know, all be on this one channel, which was you know, which was pretty cool. Yep. But the thing is, just because that they you know, allegedly had the choice of all the good stuff, they still showed us crap. Like, <laughs> do you remember Manimal? Yes. Okay, so I went looking, don't ask me why, but I went looking on the Wikipedia article for Manimal uh, a little while back, and because, again, I remember it clear as day, or like when it came when I was a kid, one of my jobs was putting the bins out on a Monday night, and, and I would have to do it before Manimal came on, because after Manimal, I'd, I'd be too scared to go outside in the dark, <laughs> in case there was, one of my neighbours was going to turn into a panther and come and nice. like, eat me while I was putting the bins out. I was probably only about 16 by that stage of it. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyway, so anyway, I looked up Manimal and found out it was a show that was cancelled mid-season because it was so unpopular mm, in the US, yeah, okay? Yeah. So th- th- this is how bad this show was. And, and, and also bear in mind that it's not like we were getting the shows out of the US you know, a week or two after they screened oh, in, no, yeah. in the States. Like, there was, we were often at least 12 months behind. Tapes literally came over on a boat. Yeah. And and a lot of the time they would they would stock up on them and they wouldn't even start a series until they had the end of them ready to go. So in that climate, when they knew Manimal was so bad that it was going to get ripped off, that it got ripped off the air halfway through the season, someone at 9 and 8 still went, oh, we'll put that on. Like, they still decided to show it. 
knowing that it would only last like eight or ten weeks or something. Like, you, I, I want to know what are the shows that I had to miss out on, like the shows from some other network that didn't make it their way to Inverell because we had to watch Bloody Manimal. See, that's it's such a weird mix, isn't it, when you talk about regional television like the, that back in the day. Because, you know, they the regional television, Inverell TV, weren't going off to America and buying stuff at MIPCOM oh, and God, stuff. No. They were just buying it from 7 or 9 or 10, or even the ABC, Sydney, and going, well, yeah, we want that show and that show. We'll fill out our, our schedule like this. Or we've got these alliances, so we'll pick up that show and that show, but we'll fill this other stuff with this local content, including, um, you know, the Gunnedah Ag Quip special, where we get to see all of the new uh, headers uh, and uh, and all those sorts of things. But that'll fill an hour, so we've got to put some other things on to keep the kids happy. Um, whereas, you know, and then it became sort of this broadly networked idea where regional television was aligned with the network, so you only got their stuff on their channels and now it's even gone beyond that now where you know the 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 metro you know the head offices your sydney melbourne sorry your, your, your 10 7 and 9 would jet off to america and say hi cbs we've got a deal with you so none of our competitors can have it yeah we'll pay you all this money just give us all your new shows and we'll put them on when we want to put them on and we understand the deal is we have to show some this was the thing that hurt them is they got maybe a great show out of it but then they got so much other dross that they had to play um, they've only really started to get smart about, no, no, we're not going to have the full output deal. We'll pick and choose. Or we've got a deal that says, if this show gets cancelled before the end of the first season, we don't have to play any of it. Which, of course, ruins the residuals for the people involved with the show over in America, and they get no money out of that then. Brutal. Oh, it's horrid. I, I, I don't know, Steve. Like when, when we first talked about the switch to digital and, uh, and multi-channeling and yeah. stuff like that, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. I was very, very excited. So at much the potential of digital multi-channeling, and you know what? With the exception, probably of uh, ABC Two and Three and SBS Two, which now it, actually that, that that's now been overtaken with the Viceland nonsense. Um, I, I think that's about the only good things that. Oh, sorry, and Seven Mate for the football. That's the only good things <laughs> that we've got. Out of, out of multi-channeling, like I can't, I, I and they keep changing. Like they keep adding and changing stuff. So my TV comes up with this bloody thing saying, "Oh, they need to scan the new channels." And I, you know what I have to do, Steve? On a, 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 a it, on far too often, I have to go through and and <laughs> set up my favourites. Not because these are my favourite channels, but I need to exclude so much yes. rubbish. Like m- my kids go to other people's houses where where they obviously don't. Uh, do this where they just let everything be on the the TV and flip through it. Yeah, and they, and they go, they come back and they go, man, they've got so many more channels than us. I just go, oh, they must, have, they, they must have Foxtel. Oh, okay. And the kids, God bless them, they're still young enough to fall for that, um, and, and they're sort of happy enough to put up with the the channels that we do have and Netflix and Stan. Uh, but like, but yeah, like. like I can't believe the excitement that when they said, "Do you know that there are TV shows where they just sell sell your stuff?" I'm just like, "I'm aware that they exist." We don't must, get that. No, we don't. You must be super pleased that uh, TVSN is now available regionally again. Sorry, what was that? You must be super pleased that TVSN, the TV shopping network, uh, one of the free to air channels, I think, in the ten suite. Uh, is now available on regional free-to-air television again. You must be stoked. Um, well, it, it made Christmas so much easier. Uh, 
You should put it on. What you should do is just for April Fool's next year, create a new favorites list with only those alternate <laughs> only channels. I only the shopping. Just what? What is this, Dad? The TV's broken. Oh, that would be that would be horrible. That no, that's how it is now, kids. <laughs> Unless we get Foxtel, we don't get anything. <laughs> oh no! Nah. Uh, uh, it, it's it's funny the the mental gymnastics that I've gone through uh, to justify paying for Netflix and Stan, mm. but still sort of believing that it's not pay TV because we've, we've <laughs> never had Foxtel. We've never had it. Yes. I've always seen it as, as horrible value. Uh, and, and I, and I still think it is. Um, and, and yeah, Netflix and Stan, yes, I pay for them and it's TV, but it's not pay TV, Steve. It's not the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's so, so subscription. It's subscription video on demand, Dave. It's not pay TV. It's a whole <laughs> other thing. That, that's it. That is it. Oh dear! It's ludicrous, though. I mean, because it, it, I get it, right? And I also, but I particularly love um, baiting the people that complain about ads on Foxtel um, and then moan about the price of Foxtel almost in the same sentence. Can't believe I pay all this money to have to watch ads on Foxtel. It's like, well, guess what? They'll take the ads out if you're willing to pay more. I don't want to pay more. It really costs too much money. Well, there you go. Merry Christmas to you. Um, <laughs> the other one is people's. And, and this is almost the opportunity for another conversation for us at another time. The people that, that um, use the fact that in a... Like, we're in a capitalist society. Is, is that a fair call, Dave? We're about people want to make I, I, money... I, I, I can't disagree with that, no. So, therefore, the people with the money that want to put up the money and pay, I don't know, HBO, to be their Australian broadcaster... Um, whether or not you think that that's a moral issue or whether you think that's some kind of communist thing that people need to be getting in touch in touch with. If Foxtel, let's say they're the ones that have made this deal with HBO, which includes things like Game of Thrones and all of that sort of stuff, um, shouldn't that then allow them to say, well, we've paid a lot of money to be the Australian broadcaster for this content. So if you want to get this content in Australia, you should have to pay us some money to get to see it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You would think that I had just suggested to people that black was now white. Uh, no, to say I, that... I, but, I understand completely. The... the like, I, I'm like most Australians and I've stolen at least a couple of uh, seasons of Game of Thrones so I could be current <laughs> with it uh, before I, I went out and got the Blu-rays. Um, these days... They, they, I tell you, Stan and Netflix have just stopped me torrenting because I just couldn't be bothered. It's just too much effort mm. now. So I'm way behind on HBO shows. So the only way I see HBO shows um, are, are when they come out on Blu-ray um, or if I can borrow someone's iPad. It's got the Foxtel Go app yep. on it. Yep. <laughs> Which, uh, but but uh, the, the, even as someone who did that, even I would get eye rolly at some of the, the self justification for well, oh, but I have a right to see it. It's like, what do you yeah. mean you have a right to this, see it? This n- complete idea that it is their their birthright to be able to watch a television show that is made in the US for US broadcast that admittedly has a global audience that they want as many people as they can to watch it. So when it comes to Australia in a legal format, no no, that's too much money. I choose not to pay them that. Instead I will get it for free. Well, do you not see the whole legal issue around what you're doing? Oh, it's not illegal. I can, I can, I can download this from someone else making it available to me. And I look, I totally, 100% stand behind the idea that we need to 
absolutely review our copyright legislation and work out how some of that stuff works. We also need to look at the way that we see this idea of um, geo-blocking and, and this, this uh, localization of rights and how that is a functionality, if that's a fair thing or if it's not a fair thing. But that's, unfortunately, kids, not for us to make a say. We need to pressure our local members of parliament to get them to be doing stuff about it. Not just going, oh, but, you know, I don't like it, so I'll torrent it, and that'll make them fix it. No, it won't. It's not going to make anybody do anything. <laughs> you, did it? you know what the problem is, Steve? I... Th- I, 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 I I think I've actually figured this whole thing out. I it's too I'm, easy. Well, no, wait. Well, I don't know that I've got a solution, but I, I think I've figured out the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people are just horrible, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think that. Wait, wait. wait oh my I, goodness! I, I, had a, I had a podcast for four years talking about politics. You know, <laughs> it really just occurred to me that you know I think people are horrible. I think, I think, <laughs> like. Not, not just not just not just politicians. I think it's all of us think we're horrible, oh. Stephen. <laughs> the human the human being has an incredible capacity for ab- just absolutely abhorrent things. It continues continues to amaze me when humanity actually takes a step up and says, "No, no, we're not going to do the bad thing. We're going to do a nice thing, or we're going to care about this person, or we're going to you know those kinds of when those things happen, it amazes me." Because so many people just regularly choose to go, I don't care. I'm looking out for this guy or I'm going to do whatever idiot. And I don't care what happens to everybody else. It's just, how do we, how, how do we get to that position, Dave? I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't ask me for solutions, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, if I had solutions, something wonky would have had more than 2,000 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> And we'd be talking to Prime Minister Gork Roger. No, 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 but at least I'd be having people, um, you know, tweet angrily at me for the, for the poor job I was doing of speaking to influential people rather than, you know, just not speaking to influential people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now, they were, look, they were 2,000 of the best Australians. Mm. I, I will say that about something Walkie's audience. But, the um, best. They, they were. They were. They were the best. It's just that they, it just shows you how rare good people are in humanity, Steve. I know twenty what twenty six million in Australia, yeah, two thousand people. 2000, good. Yeah. Wow, we got to fix those. Amazing, we got to fix those odds. Yeah, it amazes me that no ad networks knocking down our doors. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> probably geo blocking. It's probably because oh, the federal be government it. have yeah. um, stopped them from seeing into the Australian internet. That must um, be it. Like they stopped Pirate Bay from working, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I'm sure. Well, well, not that you'd know, because you're an advocate of you know paying for stuff. Well, and I've I've never gone looking, but the solution of, as to how the federal government blocked people from accessing like it was funny. Was Somebody say, tweeted the yeah. pirate bay is blocked now; you can't get to it. And I just retweeted like it's a newsy kind of thing. Someone said, "All you have to do is change your DNS." And bloody bloody, but I went, "Yeah, thanks." If, um, if, if sure. Only, if only if only someone had discussed DNS settings with. Uh, the Australian Bureau of Statistics before the census. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Isn't that a debacle that just continues to spill out? Like, the stuff that is still playing out from that is just crazy town. Oh, it's, it's 2016. Oh, oh, aren't you glad it's coming to an end? Like, I don't, well, look, actually, you've you've navigated 2016 pretty well. You've, you know, you, you've faced some challenges, but you've come out the other side doing well. You haven't you know, lost your shit. Um, you know, that... That, that's something to be applauded. You, like, <laughs> and, and, well, it is because it, it's one of those things where it sometimes feels really hard when um, 
like there's been a, like a really shitty year. Like let, let, let's not sugarcoat 2015. We we mightn't have lost you know a bunch of great musicians and stuff like that, but 2015 was no picnic either. But like we personally had a really good 2015, and so it's, it's really hard when it gets to the end of that. And everyone's just going, "This year is shit and should be you know put on fire." To sort of go, "Yeah, it's all right here." <laughs> <laughs> kind of got away with it, okay, actually. And the thing that hurts is, well, absolutely, you know, it, it mortified me to see uh, some of the great entertainers of my life, people that have influenced or provided me with great moments of joy uh, or sadness, depending on their performance. Um, to see them pass away this year has been horrible, no question. It's only going to become more frequent. Well, that's it. There's more. There's more celebrities than there used to be, aren't there? So they're, yeah, they're, just statistically speaking, more of them have to. to drop off the perch oh look you know and for all of this anthropomorphizing of the year uh, i don't want to be rude but 2016 didn't kill anybody you know whatever it was that actually did can you imagine this person Drugs. walking around with a shirt 2016 i'm just going who's next um but you know it, it I, I just think of the thing that i'm most passionate about at you know that that, that comes to front of mind now Carrie Fisher sadly had a heart attack. Still in hospital, seems to be okay, or at least that's what we keep getting told. Um, Harrison Ford is officially out of the franchise, but it will be a sad day when that grumpy old man dies. Uh, Mark Hamill is still with us somehow. Anthony Daniels the same. Um, Kenny James, Baker's gone. Kenny Baker is gone. James Earl Jones has to leave at some point. Like seriously, that guy is due for uh, you know. God needs think, a voice step in. Um, hang on. Do you, do you think though that um, the people at Lucasfilm have probably just like locked James Earl Jones in a recording booth somewhere? Just, just say every word, James. Just say every single word so that they can uh, Peter Cushing him like in the future. <laughs> well, given that um, oh, so there's a video flying around on Facebook that came from this year's Adobe, um, you know, Apple style, you know, developers event. Uh, where they showed off a new feature that's coming to audition their audio editing software, which is flipping amazing. So you can feed input, you know, somebody's audio, like one of these tracks that we're talking, they've put it into audition and basically highlight a whole section. And not only will it effectively read the waveform and print out the words of the person and what has been said, but you can then delete a section type in new words and it will from all of the 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 voice sampling that it has on that person make them say the new words oh no and we 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 thought like uh people you know doing photoshop tweets was bad can you uh, imagine when this starts coming out it's gonna be great and horrible oh no 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 yeah, and it's coming too. Like, it hasn't been released, but they're saying the next version of Audition will have what they're calling Photoshop for voice. Can you imagine when Breitbart News and places like that and the Drudge Report get hold of this it's software off the shelf? It's going to be horrible. Oh, no. Today, the, Donald Trump said this. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Here's the audio clip. Oh. And then we have to be saying, so where's the video of him saying this? <laughs> Oh, Stephen, you haven't made me feel any better about the coming. <laughs> the difficult second album of podcast episodes has proven to be quite horrific. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. What are you doing for New Year's, Dave? Uh, probably not much, because 
because as as you know, because I've been spamming my mm-hmm. Instagram feed with it hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> no I've filter. Been, uh, <laughs> I've been um, doing an exercise program for the last couple of months, and so I'm getting up early, and I am like a, a nana by like nine ten o'clock. It's just like ten o'clock go to bed, read for a while, and I'm done because I'm up at six. And, and Book in the face stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and, and so the prospect of staying up to uh, to to midnight is itself a little bit of a worry. Um, but then what makes it worse is like New Year's Eve's... Uh, is New Year's Eve uh, on Sunday? New Year's Eve is Saturday. Oh, that's all right then. I don't have to do anything on Sunday. Oh, then, okay. <laughs> I, 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 was, I had it in my head it was Sunday, and, and on Monday I have to like... To like run up hills and do sprints and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not gonna do that <laughs> with, with a hangover. So I don't know. I, New Year's isn't big in 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 our house. Like, yep. like, like we got kids and same. And Everyone's and, in bed before midnight except me, and even then, I'm only sitting up really to just see what happens. And yeah, we'll, we'll just watch the ABC and see who Lawrence Mooney upsets on. The- oh gosh. He cannot set up upset enough people for mine. I reckon it is delightful <laughs> just watching him on New Year's Eve. Just go spare yeah. or host his little quiz show for the other. It's so fun. I like it. What, what about you? Have you got any plans? Oh, the plans will be my kids will go to bed about eight thirty, nine o'clock ish after the the family fireworks. Uh, lovely wife won't be far behind them, and I'll probably hang until midnight just to go Happy New Year, tweet, and go to bed. That was because yeah, because you'd be frightened off like the. Um of the of the auto tweeting schedule tweeting this year because it's it's been a bit of a disaster for a few a few people. <laughs> yes, it has been. So yeah, you you want to stay away from that. Oh, it's do what, yeah, don't look. Just don't no, do it, people. Don't. No, sh- let, let, let's let's not talk about Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't we, do we, it, Dave. We, 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 we got through it last time. We'll do it again. Let's not talk about Twitter. Okay. We, we've mentioned horrible. We've said that people are horrible. That's uh, no, that's close enough to talking about Twitter. We veered into homicide. That's pretty much Twitter. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and eat some leftovers. Oh, that's a good. You had a great Christmas lunch too. We got to talk about that next time. Alrighty. You and your culinary that. bones. Me, I'm oh. just finishing off my uh, what is it? Uh, Brookvale Union ginger beer, which I had to hunt all over Brisbane to find. But gosh, it's good. That sounds very tasty. Ah, <sighs> right. so good. I'm going to go. I'm going to eat Dave. leftovers. You take care. Thanks, mate. See you in a few weeks. <laughs>